Welcome to the More Than More podcast, education edition, where we help you build a better business. All right, here for another education session today. I have three realtors with me again, and our topic today is multiple offers. Um, And we really just wanted to focus on what is actually working right now. Um, So we're going to take a minute. I'm going to introduce who we have here, um, and then I'll kind of give you an overview of where we're going today. But I have with me, and kind of in order of how they're sitting, so you can visualize the room, um, I have Baba to my left. I have Chris Kiramonti across from me, and Renee um, all here with me today. So everybody say hi. Hi. Hello. Hello. Good job, everybody. Okay. Um, So yeah, kind of where we're going today, our focus today is specific to, we want to focus on buyers first. When we're helping our buyers write offers in this crazy multiple offer environment, how are we helping them win? How are we setting them up for success? All of those kinds of things. Then we'll switch focuses. How are we guiding our sellers through this market? And in particular, two multiple offers. Um, and then we're just going to kind of wrap up with some, how are we all staying sane? How are we keeping our clients positive, positive and sane and, and ourselves as well? So um, that's where we're going. Uh, so let's go ahead and get started. So um, just for a little bit more perspective, some of you have been on, some of you have not. Just um, tell us who you are, what office you are in, um, and how long you've been in the business. So Bob, I'm going to start with you. My name is Baba Tundeg Baje. Go by Baba. I have been in real estate for 14 years, and I work primarily out of the Ames office, but I also float in the Ankeny and Urbanville offices. Good. Thank you. Uh, Chris, how about you? I am Chris Caramonte. I have been in the business for about 10 years, and uh, I am out of the Urbandale office. Okay. Thank you. And Renee? And I am Renee Dunkel. I am out of the Urbandale office as well, and I've been in the business for five years. Okay, good. All right. So, um, Chris, I'm going to kick off with you. Lucky oh you. Ready? Are you ready? Sweet. Okay. I thought we were going in. We had an order <laughs> no, here that no. we were working well I'm going to change with. it I like up. This order. Yeah, we're going to keep. I'm going to start with Jeez. Chris. Um, just in general, kind of give us some perspective on what buyers are experiencing right now. I mean, in case we are newer and we're not doing tons of business like you guys are, um, just how does it feel for the buyers right now? I would imagine it feels pretty terrible overall. <laughs> um, I mean, writing, I don't know, three or four years ago, you could go out and maybe maybe it's longer than that. I don't know. Yeah. But go out and look at a house, you know, decide on it the next day and or, you know, Time two days, think, right? go back, bring your parents back, whatever you want to do. Yeah. And now it's, you know, you go out and you got to write an offer right away and you're probably not going to get it. And then you got to do the same thing again the next day or the next week yeah. if you want to eventually get a house. So, yeah. So I guess to that, Baba and Renee, maybe speak to next. Um, what are we doing up front with our buyers before we're even getting to the, because of that awful feeling as Chris referenced, and it's not real fun right now. Um, what kind of words or things are we setting them up with in the beginning to hopefully alleviate some of this? I guess at the beginning at buyer consultation, I feel like Sometimes I feel like I'm scaring them. Right. Yeah. Like, I yep. mean, I, I feel like, I, I remember the last one I was in, which wasn't that long ago. Them. Right. Yeah. And maybe that's like I'm trying to make it sound really, really bad. So maybe it doesn't feel as bad. <laughs> right? Soften it a little there. bit. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. um, I remember at the last one, I was looking at the girl and she was like, oh my gosh. Do I want to do And then this? I'm like, oh, maybe I should have honed it in a little bit. Like, <laughs> And it's also super fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to have fun together. Um, but you know what? I think that that was extremely successful for them because right. then once we were in it, I mean, the good thing for them, they won the first one. Wow. But, 
It's not normal. Okay, how'd you, we're going to get to yeah. that. How'd, yeah. she, how'd she get that one? Um, you lied. <laughs> so I feel like in those buyer consultations, it's yeah. important to really talk through that a little bit. But yeah, I, I like I, that. I feel like maybe you get too in-depth sometimes, but yeah. maybe not right now. Yeah. I think you have to. I think that's interesting to say, okay, finding some sort of balance between completely freaking them out mm-hmm. and yeah. setting them up for what it's going to feel like. That's good. Yeah. I, I'm not sure quite where that line is. Yeah. But yeah. just kind of come up yeah. with that balance. How about you, Baba? So what are we doing or saying? Do you have any specific words we can give people that have been I like working to well? Speak, uh, I like to teach my by examples. So meaning I like to be like, you know, like I was in this situation. It's kind of how it played out. Um, yeah. And I was. Storytelling. Like Storytelling. Yeah. Like this is how it played out. And. You know, and I also like to throw in, like, so they don't get discouraged. Like, it's not always the cash offer that wins, which is true. It's not always the highest offer that wins, which is also true. Yeah. Um, but just kind of, and also let them know, hey, house will, houses will come and go. So we are in a market where a house hits the market. It's the only one for sale like it in the last three weeks, and everybody jumps at it. If you don't get that one, don't worry. A better one might actually come along. You might actually like it better, and you might actually appreciate it better. Yeah, what is meant to be will be. What's meant to be will be. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. that's good. Um, Anything else, Chris? I mean, or anybody want to jump in? Specific words we can maybe use. So I like the storytelling. Um, I like, yeah, if if it's not the first one, that's okay. Any other specific words we're using? Patience. Patience is good. Yeah. Hang in there. Yeah, for sure. I don't have a whole lot to add, but those are those are really good, I think. Yeah, good. Okay. So I think there has been a big shift in, because I mean, I feel like we've been talking about multiple offers for a long time. I mean, since you've been in real estate, which is six years, we've been talking about this um, most of the time that I've been in real estate, which isn't much longer. Um, so yeah, it has changed like the, this crazy pace. So I really want to focus today on what really is working right now. Like mm-hmm. currently, maybe things that we've had to change, tactics we're you know, switching up or changing up um, to help whittle our buyers right now. So, um, so yeah, Bob, I'm gonna start with you this time. Okay. So what's working right now that maybe you've changed or what's working right now is be a cash buyer. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, You just said that cash buyers don't always always win, win, but, uh, but honestly, since we know they're only 22% of our market, right? So that means the other 78% are traditional everyday buyers. Um, I just, uh, what's working right now, honestly, I'm going to say is the no appraisal contingency is probably the biggest thing. Okay. Um, I mean, sometimes, you know, even like, I, mean, I know Dylan talks a lot about the, the non-reform of earnest money, but I have rarely seen those. And I know um, Brenda Peterson, our Ames office, she actually gave us like a grid of nine yeah. offers. She yeah. had one property. And yeah. I don't think a single one of them was Had non-referendable. Money. Yeah. I mean, they were like, I'll give you a 62000 for asking price and waive appraisal and waive inspection, but I'm not waiving my earnest money, or which is kind of like, hmm, that might be a good one. Yeah. But I'm going to say the no appraisal contingency is probably the biggest thing right now because I think sellers know they're probably, they probably won't appraise at that. So okay. you can throw out a huge offer, but if it's not going to appraise and you have to have it appraised, it's probably not going to happen. Okay. Um, I'm a new agent. What do you mean by that? Why do you mean by waiving appraisal? Waiving appraisal means that the bank will only loan what the, up to what the property is worth. So some banks will actually go a little bit above what it com- appraises at. I've had that happen where the bank oh, said, well, it came in under appraisal. So what we're going to do is we're going to kick in, you know, 2%. You know, maybe the buyer can kick in 2%, seller kicks in 2%. We can get there. I've had a bank do that before. Um, uh, but mainly the bank will loan 
low enough to what the property is worth. So if yeah. the appraisal comes in 30000 10000 5000 we had one in Ames that came in 43000 under asking wow. price. Um, under the asking yeah. price. So um, if it comes in lower, that means the, the difference of 43000 the cash, the buyer will have to pay that in cash out of pocket. Good. Um, or if you can somehow convince the seller to lower their price to that number, or you can renegotiate, maybe meet halfway. Yeah, so, maybe. If, you know, seller kicks yep. in twenty grand, you kick in twenty grand. Right. So, yeah. Okay, good. And um, just for anybody listening out there too, um, appraisal gap clause is written. So don't kind of, with this, this legalese right. in particular is tricky. Um, so you want to make sure you're protecting your buyer. So look for that appraisal gap clause um, in Drive. So that's going to be your best resource. Um, Chris, how about you? What's, what do you have, have you found that's actually working right now? Um, so yeah, I agree with the appraisal thing. Um, what I've found that works, um, and makes me, I guess, feel better about my job <laughs> is something that, um, Raj Wheeler actually told me about. And that is Renee and I were talking about this beforehand. And yeah. it's like, when you get in a mul- multiple offer situation, they say, what should we offer? And it's always like, uh, I mean, yeah. I, I have an idea of what the market is obviously, but you don't know what that number is. You don't right. know exactly what it is. And so uh, what Raj said he does with some of his clients is when he's in that situation, he'll give them percentages. So like yep. a $300,000 house, and I'm sure you've heard this before, mm-hmm. Baba. Um, if you're, you know, if you're offering list price, there's a 25% chance that you'll get it. If you're <laughs> offering 310, there's a, you know, 60% chance. And then he, you go deeper, the higher you go. And you also with you know, contingencies that you're waiving, right. your percentages go up. So, interesting. Um, and you know, they're arbitrary percentages that yeah. I'm assigning. It's my own opinion, <laughs> but yeah. at the same time, it, it, you know, it allows them to see, okay, if I'm, if I'm 10,000 over, I have like a, a decent chance to get it. And it's not just me spitting out Completely one number. Yeah, yeah. I'm not just spitting one number out. And so they're disappointed if it goes for higher or they feel regret if they get it and feel yep. like they overpaid. So, Good. um, I like that little chart that I've I've done for sure. Good. In the Ames market, I'm going to say that number is about 10%. So we've we've even had uh, 350,000 houses that one of our agents offered 385 on and they still didn't get it. Yeah. And they waived the appraisal up to 10 grand and waived the inspection. So Right. Yeah. I'm going to say 10% or higher is what we're seeing in the Ames market right now. Yeah, with, interesting. And, yeah. But I like that. I mean, it, it is truly about guiding. I mean, I, you don't want to tell them and then they're like, well, you told me to write uh, this mm-hmm. number and why didn't we get it? Why didn't that work, right? Yeah. Um, so I think a part of kind of what you said in there too that was a good nugget is, you know, what are writing it so that you aren't going to regret like, Correct. you know, like if you don't get it, you know, you put your best Correct. foot forward and you're not going to be upset if we don't get it at X. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Good. So you mentioned appraisal and really more strategy for how to help. Them yeah. That doesn't necessarily numbers. help get the house, but I, yeah. I, I no, think that's for really me, good. it feels better to do it that way yeah. than no. to just throw a number out at somebody. Yeah. No, that's really good. Um, any other strategy, the strategies, though, specifically that you're kind of guiding your people that are working right now? I mean, I've used non-refundable earnest money a few okay. times. I felt like that. I, I don't know if it was like the difference maker, right. but if you got two offers that are exactly the same, I'm, I'm sure it would be. Okay. Um, I've, I've tried the, uh, the bribe a few times uh, that we've <laughs> talked about. Where, uh, basically, earnest money except it just goes directly to the seller right away. And okay. it's not a part of, uh, it's not being held in escrow or anything like that. So, Ooh, I like that. Um, I mean, then that is essentially a way of doing non-refundable yeah. in a slightly right. different manner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And so I, I think the sweet spot for that, and there's not many out there, but if you have somebody who is, you know, 
close on margins, a seller who's close on, um, you know, they're not going to make much money on their house. Right. Or if you see a house that's like in disrepair, I think it, it good Some indication they could use money right away yeah. um, or non-refundable. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always look up to see how much equity people have in their houses before we write an offer. And usually they have a ton of equity. So okay. where are you finding that information? Uh, that is on uh, Realist. Okay. On good. the MLS. Yeah. Right. So those of us that do have access to Realist through MLS, that's a good way to find that. Yeah. I think there are ways to find it in our PR as well, yes, mortgage probably. public record. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how accurate it is on equity, equity as much, but yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. yeah. Good. Okay. Um, that's great. So Renee, um, what else? Wait, what else we got? What's actually, you said you got these buyers their first house. I mean, so I guess use that one as an example. What, what worked? Uh, well, escalation clause okay. is one of them. Um, but again, that's a question that you have to ask the agent. Yep. Right. Um, I, I feel like so it's so interesting that some people don't ask and it, it, you know, and some agents are like, Oh yeah, absolutely. And then there's summers like, absolutely not. Or they'll say, I don't like it. So <laughs> you can write it, but I'm like, I'm not going to write it if you don't like like them. (laughs) Right. Um, So escalation clause. Um, Inspections. um, I think it's case by case on house. It's hard Mm -hmm. though, because I think there's just some people are like, oh, just just get rid of it. I mean, but I think that there's some houses that we all walk in. We're like, oh, uh, I would not feel comfortable (laughs) doing that for my buyer. So this recent one I had, um, it was an older house, like 1920, 1930. And so I wasn't comfortable, especially for sewer line. I mean, that's the biggest one I think that we just don't know. Yeah. And so I've, I talked about this in our meeting um, a while ago and I, I get why people, why it wouldn't maybe work for everyone, but we wrote it as inspection that we would only ask for anything after a thousand dollars or over a thousand dollars. Okay. Because then we're not nickeling and diming. Cause I think that's what right. a lot of sellers are so concerned about is like all those little things that I have to now go do during the pending yeah. process before we close so we did write it um, that we would do inspections, but we would only request something that was over a thousand dollars. Bigger items. I think. I think I've even seen that at five thousand on some. I mean, like we're not mm-hmm. going to ask anything until it's up to that five thousand right. dollar mark, even. So I think I got pushed back a little bit, a little bit in the meetings. They're like, well, but then the seller is thinking that they might have something major come yeah. up. Yeah. But I feel like I still. Have, I feel like I'm working good for my buyer. Right. If you know, and we want it. I don't know if that yeah. was necessarily it, but. And, you know, they got at least a radon system at the end of the day. Yeah. So I, I think, yeah, be, what that what I'm hearing, though, is just really being creative in the inspection portion of the contingencies, right? So not necessarily completely waiving, but what else can we do to be creative in that space? Like, yeah, we're not going to nickel and dime you. We won't ask for anything unless it's X or, uh, I mean, I know our... Our number two, as we say, from our old purchase agreement, the one that says we have the right to inspect, but we're not intending to ask. I know that's controversial, maybe, you know, with other agents, but I mean, I, I really, yes, it does make me nervous how many potential homes buyers are buying right now with no inspection, but mm-hmm. it makes me nervous. I just had a buyer this Monday, did a pre-home inspection on the house. Mm-hmm. So offers we do at 5 p.m. Uh, Friday, he requested that he want to do a home inspection and Again, and it's my favorite inspector there by 12.30. So he said, oh, this was by 4, 4 o'clock. He got to us at 4.20. Our offer is already ready to go. I submitted at 4.25. So a pre-inspection. Yeah. Right. I, think, I mean, if you can yeah. figure that out timeline-wise, yeah, time I think line that's wise, brilliant. Tough, yeah, the buyer yeah. requested it because the property was an estate sale, and so there's no disclosure, and it was an oh, older yeah. house, and it was super dated, and we just he just wanted to feel comfortable, and I explained, like, this is a risk you're taking. They're not obligated to take your offer. Unfortunately, he did not get the house, but... 
but he, you know, but, but he, he had put, to feel so much better about what he was doing. He had to feel doing. better. So when we did this, when our for it was number three, buyer has already inspected the property and it's oh yeah. About it. So that was to me that was super strong. Like, hey, we've done our inspection. We know what we have. We're good with it. Let's move forward. But unfortunately, the appraisal thing is the thing. So okay, mm-hmm. um, anything anything that from anybody? Um, those are really good ones. I mean, really, it comes down to being creative, advising our clients on what they want to do, um, reminding them like you know, if we take this out, I think pros and cons, like I just be smart about those choices, not just telling them to do those things. But what have we found, um, that's maybe changed? Like what were tactics that used to work? Maybe are there any of those that are not working as well anymore? Um, do any of those come to mind? I'm going to say the personal note. Okay. Cause I've had almost every buyer write a personal on every house they've, they've tried to bid on. And you know, so it's like, we appreciate your letter. Thank you. But we just can't you know, you're only putting down 5% or, you know, mm-hmm. we got a cash offer. Even how the agents apologize because they felt, oh, oh I love their letter, but. It works know. better when they're competing against one other person yeah. instead Correct. of yep. 12. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I would agree. So I think yeah. the, the letter is probably not as powerful as it used to be. I think it was maybe like a year and a half ago, two years ago, but I think right now it's not working because they're just looking at the numbers and, you know. Yeah, and caveat on those, um, if you or if Travis Bouchard, a yep. Northeast Iowa region broker, is listening, um, he teaches a class all about why we're not supposed to write those yeah. letters. So yeah, again, I feel like those letters actually shouldn't. I mean, yep. I, st- I still have I always know. loved it as a strategy. Yeah. Um, but just because of all the possible areas where discrimination could be called yep. out, I mean, really, we're supposed to avoid um, writing those letters. But I, I used to love that tactic, honestly. It and I worked. even had a buyer this week ask me, they were like, you know, I guess they noticed. I didn't notice, but they noticed that the husband of the the husband seller of the house they wanted was an age was Asian. Yeah. And my clients were Asian. were Asian, so they were like, "Can we want to write a letter and let them know that we're also Asian?" And I'm like, like, "No, no, 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 not. no, no." <laughs> you know, like, and they were, but they, I'm glad they asked. Even if they even if they hadn't asked and wrote the letter, I'd be like, "I can't. We can't, I can't use that." So that. I just say, yeah. "You can't tell my who you are." Like anything to protect the classes. Yeah. Just about like you know what you do and. Yeah, what you guys, you know. it's so hard to. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, if you think about it, I could take out all of that stuff, but it's really hard to write yep, a yep, letter that says yeah. nothing about who you are, familial yep, or yep, anything. So, yeah, yeah. no um, photos. That's good though. <laughs> I like that. Um, anything else that was a strategy that you used to use a lot of t- a, a long, a lot, but don't use anymore? I think the strategy on price just changes. I mean, yeah, your your scale probably it's changes now than it was last year, and then it changed from the year before that. I mean, good. the number is just different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't like escalation clauses, so Renee okay. and I are different there. But. Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> yeah. So you're well, not you're not necessarily using those. I'm not. But, you no. know, the one thing I would say that I write about my escalation clauses is I'm still writing a strong offer with the purchase price already. And then, you know, let's say it's, yeah. I go So over, we're not going in low necessarily. We're not enough. going in asking yeah. price. We're going in above asking price anyway. Right. And then, you know, let's yeah. say there's another ten or $15,000 they're willing to go. That's what I'm putting in as my Yeah, installation. there's definitely controversy on that. So tell me your side on that. Th- uh, too, I, I would first. like it more if it was every single escalation clause I've seen is like writing it for $500 more. Oh, yeah. So if it's, it's if it's many, many yeah, thousands more correct. than the next, I think it, it could make a difference. Could but, make a difference, yeah. Um, like we had one, I was on the list side last week, and they wrote the offer for 175 which was full price, and then said they'd escalate it up to 180 And so my clients were like, well, let's just, Let's just count counter it at 180. We yeah. have two offers, but let's just, they, they're willing to pay 180 and then they wouldn't do it. Yeah. But they would have if <laughs> someone else had wanted to pay more as well. So yeah. I just, the escalations are kind of weird to me a little they're bit. They're weird. And I have, yeah, recommended 
in the circumstance, I mean, we're going to the seller side here in a, in a bit, but in the circumstance when, when you are the listing agent who's receiving a bunch of those, mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's okay to say, hey, like we're, sort of. we're not, because I mean, it's just almost hard to keep track of exactly who's pushing what and what, pus- what pushes right. who and what are we going to do with this? So I think, I think that's okay. I mean, after, yeah. if your sellers are okay with that, to recommend going back and saying, you know what? None of these. <laughs> Just right. write us a new clean one or whatever. But yeah, that's but hard. I, for my buyers, though, I would agree. Yeah. When you're writing it over $500 over the highest, yeah. it's like, what's that $500? Right. Yeah. So when I'm asked, when my buyers, I, I would advise that. I'm like, don't, you need to pick like at least a thousand or more. Mm-hmm. Right. Make it really worth them wanting yeah. to pick it. So maybe just even the strategy behind the escalation clause right. has changed. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're like you're saying the prices have changed, the escalation clause has changed. How we're, I mean, yeah. It's all when those first were first being used, I don't know, three, four, five years ago, I can't remember. Yeah. Um, I remember it was like $100. <laughs> I remember how, how annoyed I was to even, he, like, yeah. I'm not doing it, but just to hear, I'm like, 100 bucks, really? Like, Wow, hundred bucks, you know, and yeah. I actually had one on one of my listings where you know, yeah, the winning buyer was two thirty one hundred, you know, yeah, and I went out frustrated. I'm like, like if you're gonna do it, do it for a thousand bucks, five thousand yeah. bucks. Yeah. Um, but like even the one that most recent, the one that uh, I mentioned, Brenda had. So so was, you know, one offer was ten grand under asking price. That's hilarious. One was at asking price. <laughs> one was like ten over asking price. One was like fifteen over asking price. But the rest were all. Asking price with escalation, escalation. Clause, as much as sixty two thousand over. So they were all like, We want to only pay two seventy five. And that's but if you get one better than two seventy five. And that's yeah, because no one yeah. has any idea on that yeah. number. They're exactly. just like, it's a yeah. total so shock. That was dark. pretty cool where they were all like two seventy five up to Yeah. You know. So yeah. again, I, I think that's actually where I want to go next before we go on to the seller side is that communication with the other agent. Because mm. I think that to me speaks to well. Why don't you know some of that? I mean, and again, you can't always get it out. So just tell me about like the relationships, the communication. How are we really trying to advocate for our buyers with these, with the other realtors? I don't know. Chris, do you want to kick that one off? Uh, sure. Um, I do a video every time and oh, send I it to them in a text. Um, I don't know that that's really helped me a ton, but um, it, at least it summarizes exactly what they need. Um, and maybe I, where they're flexible too, yeah, if you didn't write yep, it that way. Yep. Um, talk about the buyers and they're usually you know have to be flexible so talk about that and um, that they're solid and whatnot so I've I do that every time now and again I don't know if that's been a difference maker in some of these that have won but I'm sure the agent appreciates it more than if they hadn't gotten it I would think right sending it via text yeah cool yeah well, that's really good. Um, what else are we doing to advocate and build these relationships with these agents on the other side? Want to go, Renee? Um, well, picking up the phone right away. If we, if I'm leaving that house and I know they're interested, I want to talk to that agent as much as possible. Absolutely. Um, and hopefully, I know them enough already that it's a great, you know, communication back and forth already. But if I don't know them, I'm just trying to ask as many questions as possible. Um, try to build that rapport quickly with that agent. Yes. Um, again, may not help me, but. I try hard to be um, friendly with that other agent right yeah. away. Good. Yeah, I mean, I think if you can make make real relationships between the two people, right? Like, I mean, you know, even just starting a conversation has nothing to do. Like, how are you hanging in there? I know mm-hmm. it's been crazy. I mean, just honestly, like, just be a real person with them, too. I mean, mm-hmm. they're is just as stressed as everybody else is. So, yeah. I think and I good. have had situations where it doesn't happen very often, where the other agent prefers to work with me and actually oh, will try everything they can to try to get my clients to get the house. But unfortunately, some of my, my clients are just, they just couldn't do those things, but they're like, more money. We want to work with you. Yeah, we want to work money. with you. Yeah. Like, they're, like, they're literally telling me, like, yeah. hey, thank you for that last offer, but if you really want it, more money. Or, 
you know, or like, hey, can they do this? Can they, how can they, can they yeah. waive appraisal, you know? And so they're like, literally give me hints, like, we want to work with you, yeah. Baba, uh, but your client's offer is really weak compared to the not, other the ones. Not as strong as some so of the others. So we're going to tell you, do yeah. better. So cause a lot of times you don't get that opportunity, right? You just go, sorry, you didn't get the house. You're like... I just think that's undervalued. So I want to make sure we yeah. talked about it. I mean, so, I mean, anytime you're in transactions, right? Like always like taking that high road, yep. keeping those relationships yep. good and solid when they know you're, you know, the type of agent that's going to work hard to actually to work together yeah. and to keep the deal together. I think that works for us in the long run with these yeah. other, as the multiple offer situations are still continuing. So that's good. Yeah. Good. Anything else on buyers before we move on to sellers? I was going to say one thing I've been doing, and I've been doing this actually for 10 years uh, okay. is, um, I like to do the, in addition to the closing date, it's flexible. I literally put that in the addendum. Buyer mm -hmm. is very flexible. You tell us, we will work with it. Um, is offering to rent the house back to the yeah. seller. Sellers, I feel like you're I doing that more now. That, because mm -hmm. one, it's in their favor, right? They get yeah. to close in their house. They know they don't have to do the whole move out the night before and then find out morning of they're not closing because buyer found a crack window. Um, so th th they get that security of my house is closed. They have their money. Yep. Then they, they can, can now, move out. They can now go buy another house without a contingency and yeah. it's done and they're renting the house back at a good rate. You know, mm -hmm. um, so I've done that many times in this, I've yeah. been doing this for 10 years, even before this became a thing where I just, you know, Hey, and, and even when I'm, if the they listening need agent, it, we can maybe be we can work on it, mm -hmm. you know, and also I don't like drawn out closings like, Oh yeah, well our, our house is being built. It won't be done till October. We're going to close in October because to me, I'm thinking, Anything can happen between now and October. They could lose their job. Um, they could, their credit could drop. They could go out and buy a new Tahoe and not think <laughs> about it. Um, you know, all these things can happen. And rates are changing. Yep. Yeah. I've yeah. had clients die mid-transaction. If that happened twice. Yeah. <laughs> so anything can happen. So I like to get it closed in 30, 45, right, yeah. 60 days max. And then if they right need time to finish their to. house, their building, that's great. We'll rent it back to you. But at least yeah. we know we have the house. And you're locking your rate now before it's 8% or whatever it's going to be. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. No, good. And I think, honestly, I mean, that is something, I mean, from early on, coaching I was like no do not do that unless it's absolutely necessary those I mean because they're scary that, yeah. right yeah. um but I, I feel like it really does change your position in the seller's mind if you didn't allow that some of that time so just be smart think it through for both parties um use the correct documentation for that but um I think that really could be a leg up especially in this market giving the seller some of that extra time that's good Okay. Um, one more caveat on the no inspections. Make sure we're signing home inspection waivers. Um, it's more of a COIA that you sign with your own buyer, but we just want to make sure that we're protected and, and you did everything you can to actually recommend that they should have one. So, um, okay. Really good stuff guys already. So sellers, um, I mean, it's, it's great. It's, I mean, I mean, it's good to be a seller, but there is definitely some stress behind this. Um, so Renee, I'll kick it off with you this time. Um, how, how are sellers feeling? Like, what is the experience that they're having right now? Uh, how much money am I going to make? <laughs> yeah. Um, my most recent one was a little bit frustrating because they, I had given them a market value three months ago. And so when we finally found the house that they wanted and had it kind of locked in and it was time to list, he's like, well, we can go like 30,000 over what you gave me. Right. And it's like, oh boy. I don't know if it's changed that much yeah. in three months, but um, yeah. And so kind of prepare. And uh, you know, I said like, as I would love to get multiple offers and I would love to get you 30,000 over where I said last time, but right. we have to start different lower right. than that. And so, um, preparing the sell, it's the same conversation you're having with the buyer consultation with the seller, you know, seller mm -hmm. consultation, like kind of like, here's everything that could happen. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, no, I think there is some, 
because of the marketing messaging out there, right? Like I think there are real feelings that sellers are having like, well, let's push this to the moon. I mean, and so like having to have some, maybe some, a little bit of the hard look in the mirror kind of conversations with, but then I've also heard from agents like, well, well, I don't know. What do I know? Maybe I we'll know. go for that. I don't know. You know, so I think it's just a real pricing is just really pricing hard. is hard right now. Yeah. Super hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess other feeling words for your seller. So she's kind of saying like experience wise sellers are just wanting more, wanting the moon, um, but just other kind of anxieties or feelings that sellers are having from either one of you. I like to think, I like to let them know to prepare them for, because we really don't know what's going to happen, right? We don't know right. if it's going to go over, under, we don't, we have no idea. Cause in 24 hours, in a week, we yeah. Have no, we we yeah. really don't know. Um, you might think you have a super hot listing and then it's like, you don't, or you think Maybe you have a listing, like nobody's going to want and they all do. Yeah. Um, you're like, weird, what do I know? Uh, but um, <laughs> I think one of the things that I, I like to do is, um, I just like to let them know, like, look, the market will pay for your home at its worth, meaning... It really doesn't matter how where we put it. I mean, it does, but they will pay you what it's worth. And what that does is it's a double-edged sword, right? So on the on the negative side for them, it's your house. You might actually not get any. You might not you might not even get the asking price you're asking for. So she want to go thirty thousand over at this time. Um, but you know that prepares them for that. Meaning, example, buyer, maybe not over yep, overpricing. Right? Seller wants a hundred thousand for their house, and buyer's like, I'll pay you one forty. Guess what? That's what the buyer was willing to pay for your house. So that's what it's actually going to sell for. Or buyer wants 100 grand, seller wants 100 grand, and buyer's like, I'll only pay you 95. So that just lets them know, like, the market will pay you what it's worth, meaning what you think your house is worth is actually not what it's worth. Let's <laughs> face it, right? We meet with sellers now. I mean, I remember in 2009, when I met with a seller, I had to let them know how much money they were going to lose. It was, it was like, I'm sorry, you paid 200. We're in a much better house. spot now, at least. You know, but, you know, after, you know, where your house is not at 180, you bought it for 200. You know, after my commission, yeah, you're going to lose about 30000 I remember those conversations. Those were hard. But now it's like, I'm like, your house is worth two they They're like, 200 Whoa, I would never pay that much for my house. Are you sure? And I go, no, I'm not. But we're going to try it. No, but we're going to try it. And so they, they don't know how much your house is worth because they still have the mentality of what they paid for their house. And they're thinking, I would never pay this much for my house. You wouldn't, but a, but a buyer would. So that's the idea of the market will pay what it's worth. Yeah. It might be more than you think. It might be less than you think. But mm-hmm. whatever it's worth is what the market is going to pay you. So. Okay. That's good. Chris, I know Chris is shaking his head. No, about yeah. I think that's good. I, I think it's uh, it's a that's a hard conversation for me to have because then it's like, what are you for? Right. <laughs> I know. Um, if, if I can price it for whatever and the market's going to tell me what it's worth. But yeah, um, yeah I, it's, it's hard for me to set expectations right now just because of what you just described Baba is it we never know we obviously know what we're doing to some extent um (laughs) but there at any given time any house can you know sell for more or less than than what we think so it's hard to set those expectations when it feels like everything's just kind of all over the place um and that's not a yeah. piece of advice, but right. it's, no, I it know. Is, it's just hard. Yeah. 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 So what are, I mean, so Renee, you mentioned like the pathway. So, I mean, we can dig into this a little bit. So you're, um, preparing them for what, like, what are the potential things that could happen? Let's kind of talk about those just a little sure. bit, just kind of like how that dialogue could go. Um, so if this happens, then this, if you kind of, right. So when I'm giving pricing, I'm trying to give them three different numbers, you know, okay. hey, pricing where we think the market is, okay. you want to go a little bit above if we go above the, so if we, if we go a little bit above, you may not get five or 10 offers. You might get one or two. Right. If you go under, we might get that 10 or 15. Right. Um, so that's kind of the conversation okay. I have. Um, but again, with the pricing, the way that it is, we might go at that above, that and higher still price, and we're yeah. still getting five mm-hmm. to 10, which is kind of what 
uh, my, my recent seller that I was talking about, we did push it just a little bit. Mm-hmm. And um, the first day on the market, or when we pushed, when I hit, you know, live, we had two showings right away. And one of those showings, I mean, when I say right away, like within two hours. Yeah. And we got an offer right away and it was for full asking price. And, and he's like, he's like, should I take it? And I'm like, well, I mean, we did push the market and we had an open house set up. And I said, he goes, well, let's just wait till the open house on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm, but we don't even have any showing requests in right now. Like those were the only two showings. Right. So it was really kind of frustrating because he's like, well, and you could just hear it in his voice. And so finally, because he was just debating, like, do I take this one or do I wait? Because yeah. maybe we'll get multiple by Monday. Yeah. And as an agent. Lose all your leverage if you wait till Monday, yeah. unfortunately. Well, and, that's, that's, yeah. and that's why I said to him, like, well, you, this offer is, you know, expires right. on Saturday morning. So when once that expires, he could change that offer mm-hmm. to what he wants if he knows you have no other offers. Right. So I heard the frustration. I said, Explain to me where where your frustration is coming from because I had the conversation of because we're pushing the market you may not get multiple right. But he said to me he's like well I just figured that we would end up getting multiple and I would have like twenty thousand dollars more than what we put it on the market for and I'm like yeah where did that come from because it didn't come from me right so that was messaging it's what the, it what is yeah. the media the is telling them so yeah. um you know the wife was very down to earth she was like no I think this is a fantastic fantastic offer so um you know as much as we try really hard to give them what we think, right. what they're listening to on the outside is right. sometimes. Yeah. So yeah, coaching them multiples is not always better, mm-hmm. right? I mean, so getting to that situation is not always necessarily better. I mean, it, it works really well in some, some cases and sometimes it's not what's best. Um, so I think price point, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, again, I kind of want to just kind of give some perspective for, um, again, new, some newer agents out there. I feel like where we used to have conversations about, it'll sell quickly versus not has really changed. So kind of where in your minds, and this is not a perfect answer, um, but where in your minds is kind of that line, is there a line for what may sit a little longer still versus not? Um, do these conversations look different? And kind of where are those? Are you thinking like the price points? Yeah, like where is this, Matt? Like where does this change? Where does it, it's it's definitely different now than it was. It's different. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, like, a, I don't, yeah, I mean, I used to say, Anybody, I don't know how many years ago again, but four years ago, above 300 or 350, things would... would slower. Yeah, it's slower. And now that number is like four. five <laughs> sometimes, yeah. it feels yeah. like. If, if something's priced really well in the 500s, yeah. there's, they're going fast. Still a lot of buyers yeah. for those too. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think I saw one that was priced at 510. They had four offers, and all four of them actually had the subject to sell contingency. So, well, yeah. Um, and it closed at 515 uh, early this week. So it only went 5,000 over. Wow. And I've had a couple of listings where I think we pushed a price by about $40,000. And we did get one offer. We did not get multiple offers. And I remember yeah. how proud I was of the market. Like, yeah. it's my listing. Yeah. 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 And I'm like, way to go, buyers. Way to not, like, jump on it thinking, well, that must be the price. No, they're like, no, we've seen other ones. We know what yeah. it's going to we know what it's yeah. worth. Yeah. And we had, we had, we got our offer, but we did not get a bidding war uh, yeah. because the market was smart enough to be like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think, yeah, some, yeah, it does matter. Price point does matter. It's definitely changed that level with which um, we can say that speed slows down a little bit. So conversations do change, but they might surprise you what those price points are happening mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. Um, so as far as actual, that's kind of all up front kind of choosing our price, how, what strategy we, do we want to go with? Um, but how are we setting up proper expectations for the crazy amount of showings? How are we setting ex- expectations for if and when we 
do receive more than one offer? How do we want to handle that? So digging into some of those conversations, what are those looking like right now? Chris, why don't you kick this one off? What are those conversations look like? Um, I preface most everything with, you know, I don't know exactly how this is going to go, but based on my experience, this is what I think is going to happen. And so I, I normally tell them to leave, um, the first it, I've, I like to list on, somebody was complaining about all these listings coming on Fridays <laughs> yep. the other day in our meeting, but I like to list on a Thursday or a Friday yeah, and just too. have them be gone if they're able to be for the weekend. Same here. Yep. Yeah, um, same. And I think that that makes it um, just easy for them. So they're not having to go in and out and I don't have to, I mean, I'm obviously telling them when showings are happening still, but it's yeah, not absolutely. Like urgently I have to let them know so they can leave right, right away. Right, right. Um, so that's. In terms of the showings, that's what that's what I've liked to do best. Okay. I think that's what I've done with like the last five I've had. Yeah, so. gives time, right? I mean, yeah, and I, I just especially think about their circumstances, like with kids or pets mm-hmm. and all that. So it's so stressful, and it's not spread out like right. it used to be, where it would yeah. be like one or two here right. and there. You and book maybe ten in can, the first day. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So using some sort of strategy for potentially, depending on their price point, depending on their situation, but maybe just yeah, listing and planning to be gone. Yeah. In okay. names, we still have the delayed showings. Yes. So oh, yeah, that, those are controversial as well. Oh, yeah, that's why I said it. So, you know, yeah. uh, <laughs> we, we start like maybe like Monday, Tuesday, and then we delay till Thursday, Friday. And so that's when showings actually start. We will start. know like, hey, mm. you literally have eight showings on Thursday and eight on Friday. So you, you know, got that plans to be they, they were able to like, <laughs> yep, we're going to go stay with grandma and grandpa or go stay in a hotel. And yeah. let's face it, they're going to make money. So even if they stay in a hotel, it's covered. Right. Um, so I don't feel bad about the whole hotel thing, even if they don't have, they only have one showing during those four days. I had one where we did that for you know <laughs> Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and we had two showings oh the boy. first day. And we got the first offer. We took it. And then, <laughs> um, I left it active till Monday. And guess what? No other offers came in. Yeah. Um, so um, I thought, hey, yeah, you know, you still made 40 grand more than you thought you were going to make. So I don't feel bad about the four nights stay in a hotel room. Mm-hmm. How are we prefacing if we do get multiple offers? And I'm not promising that we're going to get multiple Mm -hmm. offers. Uh, Renee, speak to how you're prefacing options for how they want to handle multiple offers. So uh, we've talked a lot about this in our Urban Mm Nail meetings, um, the superstitious of of not putting it out there right away. Like, hey, new listing, you know, we're looking at all offers on Sunday at five o'clock and Wah, wah, now you don't have any showings. <laughs> I'm a little that way. Like, I get it. I don't want to put it out there. Yeah. yeah. So um, I, I'm definitely one of those people, too, that I talk about it. Like, hey, we may have a lot of showings. We might, you know, get multiple offers. But let's kind of see what mm-hmm. the showing um, showings look like. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if we start getting people saying, you know, um, we're going to put in yeah, offers, then we have to have a new plan. Right. And what's that plan? So I try okay. to have that plan when we do go on the market. Um, yeah. So what are you saying for that plan? What, I mean, what are you, so if, if we, we list on a point, Friday, so yep. if we, if we list on Friday and on Saturday morning, we're starting to see a ton of showings and we've already got people saying they're writing. Yeah. Then I would say let's Sunday at five o'clock or whatever time that is. And then we'll get, you know, have an hour or two to chat about it and then we'll get back to them. Mm-hmm. So Good. another okay. preface I like to do, and I think everybody should be doing this is we got to prepare the seller for once you take an offer. What that and means. your house is hot enough and you get backup offers. I can almost promise you your backup offers will be better than the offer you accepted <laughs> because mm-hmm. the other buyers and their agent knows, yep, I'm going to, because they're, they're, they're hoping that you're, to. they're trying to yeah. create a conflict with the seller. Like, oh, you just took 310? Well, here's 325. 
So and they're we'll trying just to hang out here. They're trying to make you <laughs> yeah. do everything you can to kill that first deal. And I've had that happen. And I'm so glad I prefaced her for that. Like, look, well, yep, we took one on Doesn't Saturday mean it's night. Necessarily better. Sunday afternoon, one came out ten grand higher, and she calls me and goes, "I want that one." And I go, "You can't have that one. If you want it, you have to get a lawyer." Because um, <laughs> I call Tammy or or Dylan, they're like, "That's a lawyer situation." Yeah. She, she just took an offer Saturday night. It's fully Sunday executed. afternoon. They yep. were the agent who already had an offer. She knew. She goes, "I know you already accepted an offer, but I'm going to make you another one, and it's going to be really good." And it was. I mean, it was like waving everything, ten grand more, and. The fact that I prepared my seller for that so that she's not thinking like, you're you just cost me $10,000. Right. I'm like, no, they're doing it on purpose. If they had been here on a Saturday morning, they would not have offered you that. But because they know you took an offer, that's why they're trying to make you want to kill your yeah. first deal anyway, you can, even if you have to do it illegally. Um, and I had a seller. <laughs> you don't uh, want to do that. <laughs> we, I was in court two years ago, me and Tammy, when a seller, um, all, they, 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 this is an acreage up in like way up north, um, over almost like uh, Hardin County or yeah, way up there. And my clients found it by themselves and they wanted, and this house been on the market for over six months as an acreage way up north. Um, and we finally, we got, my clients got there, we bought the house. A week later, I get a call from the listing agent going, hey, they're going with another offer. Um, we have another offer. It's from somebody from their church. They've known for a while and now they're ready to buy it. And they offered me like five grand um, cash to me to convince my clients to make the oh, buyers go away. Oh, that's all very shady. They offered my clients like $15,000. That means the offer was that good yeah. that they were willing to pay me five right. or whatever. Right. And then they're like, well, and my clients are like, nope, it's not about the money. We've always wanted an acreage. That's this, the this house. Our house. Yeah. And then they go, what's your number? Name your number. You know, because the buyer, other buyer was ready to like give them that number just to get the property. And so now the seller is like, we just lost all this money because, you know, so the idea is sellers are going to do that. And we, and my, 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 the sellers like, they kill the deal. The sellers kill the deal. And then we filed, we got a lawyer, filed an injunction. That injunction tied the property up. This is like a so whole other topic we're yeah. going down here, Bob. So let's <laughs> yeah. try to come, say, wrap it back it, up. It, it has happened. It can yeah. happen. Yeah. And we, we were in court and we did win. And the, my buyers won and got the house for the lower price. Yeah. Seller mm. was yeah okay so yeah i mean i i think there is some good strategy behind buyers being back up but yeah i think educating your sellers on what that looks like and the legalities behind that is important to be able to do so good um keep going on so i guess we talked about showings options for you know handling multiple offers if you do get there setting them up for those expectations um so now we're playing the we have received multiple offers um chris how are you going about um, and we've talked a lot in team meetings lately about do we have to present all as they come in, like the way that the code's written versus what we're doing and getting permissions from your sellers on how they want to handle that. So I guess how are you when you do actually have multiple offers on the table, what are you doing next with your sellers? Um, so normally, like this last one I had a couple weeks ago, we had 12 offers and it was over the course of like three days. And so, um, you know, when we got to the end and reviewed them, I talked to them on the phone. But until then, as they were coming in, I was just shooting them a text with like the outline of the details. Okay. So that um, was your way of presenting right yeah. away as you went. Okay. Yep. So they, they had an idea of where all the offers were, but I'm sure at the end they had, you know, they had <laughs> like no idea what no up idea. from down. So yeah. then we, you know, get on the phone and or I didn't do spreadsheet on this one, but usually do a spreadsheet and yeah. go through all of them. So, okay. um, but that, yeah, that's, that's the way that I handled this last one anyway. Okay. Presenting as you go, but then compiling and having a conversation together yeah. in some format. Okay. Uh, Renee. Um, the last one I had, 
I had verbal that they were writing. So then we had, we, you know, then we said, um, all right, a couple verbals that they were writing. So that's when we put a timeline on it. So yeah. I guess based on that timeline, when they came in, it was close to that time anyway. Right. So I didn't present them as right they away. came in. You waited until the yep, presentation the timeline. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Good. Baba, any other um, direction on that one? How are you handling that? About the same thing. So I okay. just maybe shoot them a text, but it also depends on how how soon they're coming in. So like if you had over three days, I might let yeah. them know as we go. But yeah. if I have them like between like four hours or two yeah. hours, maybe I just, not. I'm going to hold them all. Yeah. I'm yeah. not going to try to do that. So right. just because yep. and I'm like, we're going to meet at seven anyways. And also I'm checking the offer expiration times. Yeah. And if an agent sends me one with like a short one, that's not enough time. I'll be like, Hey, you need to, you need to increase that. Like update you know, it to this. It's not worth it for me to, Think, oh, yeah, you know, because if let's just say the seller wanted that one, it started at 5 p.m. and they did they change their mind. It's like, then, yep. I, then I'm in trouble because they didn't get that offer in time. Yep. So I'm like, we need Good. more time. You forget to put a midnight, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think with the amount of offers, some sort of spreadsheet or table or whatever, explaining all these mm-hmm. things, right? And so I guess just what does that conversation look like guiding your sellers to see, maybe see the bigger picture? Because sometimes money isn't the motive, like, the price isn't the only thing that yeah. they're looking for, right? So how are you coaching them through, um, yeah, the crazy of all of these numbers and all of these options and we're compiling, we're putting them on some sort of table yeah. or something, but how are we, how does that conversation go? So once I have the spreadsheet done, I send it to them and say, okay, ready, go ahead Preview and call me. This. And it's usually an hour long conversation because yeah. you're digging into every piece of it because every little thing that's on that contract matters is on that spreadsheet. So mm-hmm. You know, um, the last one I had, I mean, it was a, maybe even longer than an hour. Cause it's, and it was only four offers, but um, you really want to know, you know, you've got VA, you've got FHA, conventional loans, down payment. I mean, those are just your basics. All things and, that matter. Yeah, but um, but it was interesting. They were all the same. So why did it take so long to go through it? It's right. Just, I think sellers just really need to understand and feel confident with the one they choose because that's the other thing. When you get into multiple offers, are you picking the right one? Oh my you, gosh, it's, yeah. It, you mm-hmm. may pick that one and then a week later they back out. Like it's, it's. Multiple offers isn't always better. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So I'm trying to give that. Uh, the spreadsheet's always there. Yeah. Um, Good. So sending it before, have, talking through that conversation. I mean, really going through kind of line by line of what each offer means, differentiators, yeah. those kinds of things. And okay. I have every contract in front of me oh, just yeah. in case. Just in case you miss something. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I'm a, Numbering all of them. Yes. And, yeah. yeah yes. It's just crazy. I have the agent name on top. Yeah. yeah. I think it's seller dependent a little bit and okay. how I have presented that situation just because it seems like some sellers want to know every little detail they want exactly what you just described and then some are like tell me kind of just tell us what to do yeah Mm -hmm. um and so not that I'm not giving them you know as much information but um in the last couple that I've had and maybe this is a bad thing to do I don't know but uh (laughs) you know we ask for highest and best and then there's usually you got your bottom 75 percent that are never in the top and you're you're not going to do anything with those. Right. But there's at least the last few that we've, that we've had, there's been like a top three. Yeah. Um, And so there's things that we like and don't like about all of them. Yeah. Um, Price might be lower waving, excuse me, waving appraisal, stuff like that. Um, And so we've gone back to those agents at that time and then say, um, you know, you're in the top three and here are the things that my sellers would like, and we're giving you one more hour if you wanted to make any changes to your offer. Okay. And so that's worked really well because they've now waited for two days to hear back from me in a lot of these cases. Yeah. And now they're almost there. Yeah. And so it's like giving them one more opportunity. Yeah. Giving them another opportunity. And 
we've gotten appraisals and inspections waived and yeah. stuff like that, yeah. doing it that way. So. Okay, that's good. Yeah, and the, yeah, just I mean, you could totally do that. The only clarifying point is then just make sure you're not sending separate like counter offers. Like, right. like yeah. we're countering. No, it's this. always in an email. You can never counter with more the three more than one person agents. at a time. Yeah. I yeah. like that. That's good. So yeah, kind of giving a second opportunity for highest and best after you kind of and again, it all has to match your seller's motivations, what they really need. Right. So yeah, you're finding that out with yeah. them, getting to that top three, and you don't want to do that with all twelve them. offers because yeah. you've already. Asked oh my for, goodness! I mean, that'd be ridiculous. No. So it's, it's only, and it's been the case every time, but it's only when we've had close, close, yeah. it's hard to, you yeah. know, and decipher. honestly the buyer, I mean, if, if you called me and said that on the buyer side, I'd be like, oh my gosh, we're in the top three. Like we did good. Yeah. Like what, is there anything? And maybe there's not like what we have right. is what we have when you present that to your buyers. But I think on the buyer side, I would feel grateful for that other opportunity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. How about you, Baba? Um, I also like to do estimated proceeds. Um, oh, good. Especially if... Getting their nets uh, going as they're yep, walking through them. Good. Yep. And especially if, like, the buyer is an agent and they're waiving their commission. Because um, I've had that, you know. Mm. So I would say, yeah, just Net. do estimated proceeds. Net. Show them how everything is different. Like, you know, this one wants to close in, you know, 45 yeah. days. This one wants to close in 90 days. So your taxes implications are different. Yeah. Um, things like that. So they know all those little things because yeah. that does change their bottom dollar, especially when they're really close. So, yeah. Good. That's good. So because the net can be different, yeah. can be yeah. way different yeah. depending yeah. even if it looks better on the surface. It looks that's good. Yeah, it might look better, but you know. Taking all those things into consideration. Good. Um, anything else that we haven't mentioned today um, on multiple offers, buyers, sellers, either way, um, that we haven't talked about? If there's one thing I think I was, this happened to me on the buy side where the seller did a pre inspection. Oh, which yeah. Which I think That's was huge. Great. Yeah. And I feel like when I was in that situation, it was just a month ago. Yeah. I was like, I mean, I've, I've told my sellers about that. It's not, they just usually don't bite on it very often. Yeah. But I feel like that's something I feel more necessary now because yeah. then it's that, um, the buyer's remorse or, you know, it's so much easier to write an offer when that's right. already done. Yeah. Cause even if there's something in that inspection that you don't like, at least you know about it. Right. Um, so I feel like that's something I think Currently you might shift with your sellers yeah, that be might more be better adamant about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's interesting because in, in the past I would look at those and go, well, we could still have our own, you know, like if, if you want your own, Correct. you can still do your own. But in this one, in this changed environment more, it's more, okay, at least we get to see something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if we're going to potentially yeah. wave our own, at least we get to see something. Right. Yeah. Right. And again, I, I kind of going back to Baba's too, like if there is time, if you can do some of that, stuff that you're concerned about prior to writing offers too. I think that's maybe another mm-hmm. way to kind of be creative with that inspection process too. That's good. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just want to wrap up with mindset. Um, so let's focus on our clients first and then we'll kind of talk about our own as well. But honestly, I just, I, I really feel for these buyers right now. And honestly, the anxieties of the sellers, um, how are we keeping them in good spirits in general? Any advice? One thing I like to do is, especially when they, you know, I, I, have, I do my consultation and they're, you know, we got everything ready. We got the pre-approval. We're good to go. And there's nothing to look at. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they're like, uh, so are you going to send us listings? I would if there were any to I send you. I did, um, but there's zero. Yep. But what I like to do is I like to email them um, current um, pending insults that fit what they're looking for. The idea is they can kind of picture what their money will can buy them. Okay. Um, so even if they're way. not able to get into homes yet. Yep, like, yep, these are these are sold, so don't get excited. Um, you know, but 
this is what this one sold for three fifty. This one sold for three seventy five. This one was three eighty, but there's this actually ten grand we'll, in credits. It will in buy there. you. So that just let them know this is what this is what you can expect that I might send you in the future. Right? <laughs> look at okay. And so when, when it comes ready, available, you run. Drop everything where you can and come look at it right there. Yeah, so, feel confident about yeah, their purchase when they make prepare it. Prepare them for that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good. Other mindset suggestions. Keeping our people okay. Um. You know, when, when clients lose out on houses, I think that I always go back to, there's a reason. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. always a reason. And I know it's yeah. so interesting because they don't feel it at the time. I mean, yep. last year I had a uh, client cry a couple times mm-hmm. and I'm like, I, I know this is really difficult, but I promise you there is a light at the end and you're going to be excited that you did not get these houses. Yeah. And that one client, she cried at the end. She's like, you were so right. This and is, yeah. this house is better. Cause, and it was more because everything she was looking at was move and ready and then I was trying to show her like these little things that you can do that are going to add equity later. It, this house is better, I promise you. And yeah. so what she's done to this house now, I can't wait to sell it. I mean, yeah, that's it's, awesome. It's gonna be, yeah. Okay, good. And I, I mean, I think that but also what you said there, I'm like each time they lose, like giving them a minute, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I oh, think yeah. I mean, just having a conversation Absolutely. with them and, and knowing that those feelings are valid and real, but like I've got you kind of things. Yeah, and I think too when they lose, because I think we're all, you know, at the beginning trying to say if you lose, you know, put your best foot forward. And if I make it, give you a phone call that says you didn't get it and you, you know, and you're upset, you know that you did the best that you can. Yeah. And in a multiple times I've said too, like if you would have paid more, I don't think I would have been comfortable with that. Yeah. So it's okay that we lost. This. I have said that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Yeah. You have to feel, I mean, I think as agents, maybe we lose track of that, but you have to, you have to you have feel, to feel good, good about, about it, it too. Yeah. Because you know, sometimes your clients will make a really bad decision and you're like, no, they get to I, make their decisions, yeah, but we they want to advise. To, yeah, but you, we don't unless want them you to, told yeah. them, so that way, you know, six, seven, eight, yeah. ne- whatever, in the future, when it comes back to you, <laughs> if it comes back, you can be like, remember that? I, I remember that? I told you that. Or <laughs> you can't blame me for anything because I did tell you about uh, this. We did talk so about we it. We talked about yeah, this. Hopefully. So we even had a conversation just this week, and it was, it was, and it was a text, and I have a group text with Amanda, and I was including all my group texts, and the guy was asking stuff, especially about the home session you just paid for. Like, why did I even do that? You know, and I remember. Remember, I told you, and Amanda just started laughing to another text to me. Like, I just I'm like, almost want to copy and paste. Like, here's a screenshot of me telling you this. Yep. He's like, and he actually responded, "Oh yeah, you're totally right. I'm sorry." Like, you know, but he was yep. trying. He was starting they to blame. Don't remember. Me. They're, they're he was trying to blame me, and I'm yeah. like, "Gotta nope, remind them." Nope, we yep. did not. We talked about this. Yep. Yeah. Chris, how about you? How are you keeping your either sellers or buyers their heads on straight, keeping I, them positive? I mean, it's cliche, but communication. Yeah. I mean. It, it, just constantly, if if they're, it, it helps me when I communicate to understand better what what they're feeling. Just because you have, like I mentioned with sellers, every seller's yeah. a little different, every yeah. buyer's a little different oh, too. Absolutely. And some are ready to just be like, okay, let's go, let's go to the next yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you have some that like, they Dwell. feel it deeply yeah. and they need a break or... Yeah. Um, and so if you're having that communication, you can better understand your buyer I think, as well. Take the minute, take the minute to communicate yeah. and see where they're really at. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And I, to that point too, when you, when they're the people that need a minute, I mean, I think the, the extraordinary kind of experience are also could be, you know, the, when they've lost out on three or four and they're super duper emotional, crying, what are, like, what are those little things that you could do to brighten yeah. their day? Like we talked if you about know that, their favorite yeah. beverage or yeah. their favorite coffee shop or their favorite, mm-hmm. like just 
Go I've take done, a break on me. Yeah. Like, here you go. I've done that a few times, yeah. but I, I should do it way more right. than I do. Right. It's so you easy. feel the stress. Like, yes, it's, it is stressful. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Um, how about yourselves? Um, in the crazy pace of this market, how are you keeping yourselves kind of above it, I guess, as far as not dwelling in it and getting lost in it? Um, I think that, again, when I go back to how I'm advising my clients and when they don't get it and I'm okay with them not getting it, I think that's where I Makes feel good you at the okay end of the day. Too. Yeah. yeah. Um, we didn't get one recently where it was 350 and we offered 30,000 over and they didn't get it. And I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with it. I know that they aren't. And I don't say that, I mean, obviously that's strong to them, but, um, I guess that makes me, it, it sucks. Right. I, mean, I hated that email. And I think we, I think what's interesting is I feel what they're feeling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not, mm-hmm. not as strong, we do but like lot, yeah. when I see the email come through, like, Oh my gosh. And I then you read, you're like, Oh my gosh. Like, mm-hmm. It sucks. It totally sucks. Yeah. But, um, and making that phone call is even worse. But, yeah. but at the end of the day, I feel I, I'm, I'm a positive where I'm like, okay, we'll move on to the next. And it's right. gonna, it, a new one's going to come up soon. Yeah. I know it. So good. Like, so the better you feel about how you're advising them and putting your best foot forward, like that makes you feel better at the end of the day, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Chris, how about you? Yeah. I, I feel like I've gone through this journey as a realtor where, at, and early in my career, if we didn't get something or if I had someone go buy with someone else yeah. or a friend sell for sale by owner, it would be like personally offensive or, and I would just dwell on it. And yeah. I don't know if it's just callous from it happening so many times <laughs> in 10 years or if maybe I've emotionally adjusted and yeah. matured a little bit, but yeah. uh, I feel like having almost zero expectations um, is is really helpful for me. And I still feel, I still feel with my buyers when they lose out, but, um, it rolls off, rolls off my back a little easier than it it used to. And I, you know, I, I tell them, you know, we'll, we'll find something. Yeah, we will. Cause some of it is just the learning of this is real estate. Yeah. This is, and then uniquely to each market, there are always going to be those things that are tougher or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Baba, how are you keeping your head straight? I have a crying closet at home. <laughs> kidding. <laughs> totally kidding. Yeah, I wouldn't fit my closet. We though. all have memberships to that place where you can yeah. just smash stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's very therapeutic. Um, kind of what Renee said. Um, I guess knowing that I coached them, you know, right and everything else makes me feel better about yeah. it. So, and, you know, and also thinking of past clients that did the multiple offer thing, then finally got one and how happy they yeah. were at that end. I just keep thinking, we're in it that's going to work for game. them too. Got them. You <laughs> know, like, because of, we're so glad we lost those other ones. You were right. And I'm like, oh, thank God. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, good. Um, thank you for your time. I think this is really valuable information. We need to continue these conversations as the market is ever changing. Um, but yeah, good luck out there. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. For more episodes, resources, and show notes, head to morethanmorepodcast.com.